You can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle. We don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning. Download the app. Give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. I'll start off. Here's Heather oh. and Jeff. That was that was that was kind of loud. Hey, welcome to Renegade Rules. I had a little bro- volume problem while we were getting getting uh, getting going, and I guess the consequences of that are that my ears hurt a little bit. Um, are you still there, Heather? Did I blow you out of the? Yeah, no, my the... ears are fine. Oh, good. Um, but I'd love to talk about consequences. Well, well, let's and do that. I was, I was sparked by. I've heard a lot of people. You know, consequences are sort of a buzzword. There's natural consequences. There's, I forget what they call the other ones, imposed consequences. Um, but it's a, it's a big fancy word for punishment if they're the ones that the parents impose. If it's natural, such as you go outside without your coat, you get wet if it's raining, those ones we all cope with and, and the world teaches us just naturally. Uh-huh. But I was struck because um, someone said to me, who's a parent of older kids now, but they've always talked about if there was something, a a misdemeanor of some sort, they would say, um, there's going to be a consequence. I don't know what what it is yet, but you're not going to like it. (laughs) That sort of, (laughs) there's going to be a consequence to this. And years later, uh, the mom was surprised to learn that on the vocabulary test, her child didn't know that consequence wasn't a bad word. It wasn't a negative. It was a neutral word. (laughs) Uh. Of course it's a neutral word. Well, not the way it has been used since that child was very little. And um, I think that's true of a lot of us. We think, well, here is a nice neutral word. We're not going to punish our children. We're just going to give them consequences. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can turn any word into a bad thing, depending on how it's used. So a consequence is not necessarily anything more benign and nice and kind than is punishing or punishment or discipline or whatever you want to call it. It's how we work with our kids. It's how we build that relationship that matters, not the word we use. What? A, what? First, what a what an insightful and reflective mother that. I, I I like that, and yeah, we really have taken that word as a culture and 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 turned it into something negative in a lot of ways, haven't we? That uh. yeah, and you know, there's things that um, that need to natural consequences if we're going to use that terminology. Uh, they happen to all of us, and they make a lot of sense. You know, yeah. <laughs> getting wet in the rain, whatever it is, things happen. You spill something, you have a mess. You have to clean it up. Um, There doesn't have to be anything more beyond usually what happens. When you do this, this happens. Um, But it's this idea of, okay, if a kid is doing something that that the behavior needs to be stopped or the behavior needs some correction there, um, how we go about it and can can you link what you're doing about it most most directly to what they did in the first place. So, for example, um, <laughs> just this week, in fact, my kids always give me examples, but 
one of my kids loves to um, be a handyman around the house. If there's uh-huh. a picture to, I said we just moved into a new house, so if there's a picture that needs to be hung, he'll run off to get his hammer and he'll get his nail and he'll be the one to tap the nail into the wall right where we want it. And just loves being um, good with the tools. It takes a great point of pride for him to do that. And on the whole, he's treated his, he has his own toolbox and his own hammer and his own saw and everything. And he, he's treated them very, very well, never used them in any other way until this week when he swung the hammer at his brother's head. <laughs> so, you know, once in a while, things happen. <laughs> he did not hit heads. Everybody's fine. But he, and I don't think he would have, but the action of being mad and not, not expressing the anger in an appropriate way happens to kids all the time in all kinds of uh-huh. So if a kid is angry and expressing it in a way that's not appropriate, the the way we um, dealt with that is it's not okay. You could have really hurt him. Right now it's too hard for you to use the hammer as a tool. So I'm going to hold on to it a while until we're, we're sure that you can be safe again use your hammer as a tool. Um, so right... You could call that a consequence. You could call it a punishment. But it's really a, you didn't use it right, and so we we, we can't have it in your hands right now. Yeah. It's not a safe situation. Um, but you, you could, in the same thing, you could impose all kinds of consequences. Because you did that, you can't have any video games for a month. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, well, that doesn't really relate. <laughs> it doesn't keep anybody safer. Um, you could call that a consequence. You could call it whatever. But it's it's good when we can relate what they did to what we need to do to help change their behavior. I, I want to get back to the language a little bit. Natural consequences. I mean, the I, the idea makes sense. Um, you know, don't wear your jacket outside, and it's cold outside. You get cold. Uh, we had in our program years ago when we had our family childcare program. We had a little girl one uh, spring, but not that spring day. Um, still pretty chilly out. She didn't want to wear her shoes, and her mom was had just at that point just given up battling with her for the shoes because, I mean, that's what she grew up with was was with the, was that battle with her mother and she said I'm, i just can't do this anymore and she said okay don't wear your shoes and little girl walking from our front door to the driveway her toes got very cold and mom said well that that was your choice and then that they never had a problem with her putting the shoes on again when it was cold out um so those kind of things make sense but should we be used in different language heather does is natural consequences is that is that the term we should be using or is there a better a better identifier for that that whole concept yeah well you know i don't know if we need to call it anything in particular i think if you emphasize that the child's experience and feelings you don't have to say, yes, well, that's the natural consequence of not putting your shoes on. You can just say, wow, your toes are cold. That's, you know, when, when you go outside with bare feet, they uh-huh. get cold. You don't have to use the words at all. You can just address what's happening and, and sort of sportscast it for them. Um, I, it may be a useful term for adults to understand in their own heads, but I don't, I've never used the word consequence. With <laughs> Maybe a child. I have a, yeah, with a child, it just doesn't seem um, useful. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else do we need to know about consequences? Well, I think we need to be careful about um, 
well, I guess there's two things. One with, with these natural ones. Some of us are a little more hesitant to let the kid experience it firsthand. You know, so if it's the shoes issue, maybe we're so worried about their toesies getting cold that we wouldn't want to let them experience that. So it's okay to let the kids get a little bit cold, get a little bit wet, get a little bit whatever it is, and, and or spill the milk or whatever yeah. it is. Allow that presentation a little bit. If the if the consequence isn't life-threatening or it's not terrible and you're willing to, you have time for it, then, then let, them, let them wallow in experience. So let, let, take that risk yourself. Yeah. Um, and don't protect that. Um, so that's on the, on the natural ones. On, on ones that we're going to um, Impose. help guide their behavior, um, I think we need to think about whether we're trying to um, keep people safe and stop behavior that's not appropriate, or whether we're trying to impose revenge. <laughs> you know, that's what a lot of punishment is, is I'm mad at you, kid, so I'm going to do something to you that you don't like. It's a, it, Revenge is strong, and we can acknowledge that we feel this bile rising up in us, and just we're super mad, and we feel like they should be taught a lesson, or whatever it is, in a, in a kind of vengeful way. So... Try to take a chill pill when that happens because the uh, the behavior stopping and keeping people safe is very different than the need to punish and, and seek revenge on a child. They don't need revenge. They're yeah. learning. They need help a lot of times or in a certain mood or certain personality. They cannot cope with the rules of life and it's just not going to work. You can say things like, it's too hard for you right now. I'm going to help you. And then either move their body out of the room or sometimes the object needs to be removed if they're a danger to people. Um, but it's not, a, it's not revenge. It's just keeping people safe and setting firm limits and standing by them. Yeah, yeah. And I get that. Sometimes as, as parents and even as caregivers, um, some things that children do we have a visceral response to. And... You get that I want to eat you face on, and 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 we do we do go towards the the punitive things and and like you say revenge and and and, and I've I've caught myself there in situations in the past and and I you, you catch yourself in those situations and you stop and you reflect and think I'm I'm seeking revenge on a three year old because they didn't. <laughs> do what I ask them to do on the playground and 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 then you feel like a fool because that's not who you want to be um and so I I get how how parents and caregivers can get there I've been there but there are there are better choices in in those moments and so and so part of it is being able to as the adult in the room take a deep breath and step back and uh, and get yourself centered before you before you uh, uh, make any rash decisions and that it's a hard thing to do sometimes right and I think this this is a huge area because Basically, kids don't need to be um, have uh, punishment and, and um, re- revenge um, enacted on them to learn. Yeah. Um, but they do need firm limits. They do need um, to have boundaries set and to... Uh, some people who are say, yeah, they don't need to be punished will go to the opposite extreme and just let anything happen and set no limits at all. So it's a, it, it can be really hard for an adult to figure out 
okay, so I'm not doing this, but I can't go to the far extreme. Uh-huh. What's appropriate? What's respectful? How can I navigate this? Um, for people who are interested, I have a whole chapter on my first book, it's okay not to share, all about limit setting. Because I think for many parents who are driving attachment parenting and, and respectful parenting, they find it difficult to navigate this. So, um, and they're frightened to impose any limit at all. So, if you're um, if, if you're concerned about if you're stri- striking the right balance, go ahead and read that chapter about limit setting, because it's something that we can all probably brush up on. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good chapter. Um, okay, well, we're on the topic of consequences. I got a, and we'll probably do whole episodes on these as well. But um, time out. <laughs> Oh, that would be a whole episode on its own. But um, just briefly, you know, there are times when a child can benefit from being by themselves for a bit. Uh-huh. So if a child is um, screaming their head off and and you don't want to hear the screaming anymore and you, you've been with them for a while, it's okay to let them be on their own in their room in a safe spot. Um, it's okay to have them be by themselves, but mostly what kids need is time in rather than time out. They need your, if, they're, if they've lost it and they're having a temper tantrum or they're just, um, you can tell they're, they're not their normal selves and their emotions are going nuts, um, they need you. They need your safety and security. They need you to maybe prevent them from crashing into things. They, they need your um, calm words. So they need you more. They don't need to be pushed away. Yeah. Um, sometimes having a little break can help, but I wouldn't. I've never given a child a timeout, but I, I, um, I, I, I hear it being used as a threat mostly. Yeah. Um, constantly, it can be if you don't listen to, if you don't have good listening ears on, you'll get a timeout. If you don't do this, you'll get a timeout. And I, if I were a kid, it would just go right over me after a while. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not meaningful and and sitting by yourself for a while it, it doesn't make the connection to the kid between what they did wrong, how they displeased their parent. All they know is dad's mad at me or whoever it is. <laughs> Mom's mad at me. Yeah. And we they could- don't really they rarely understand there was a connection to what they did. Yeah, I, I, I and, and and I have I have used it because I I mean I, I I went to trainings back in the day that this is this is best practice. Um, and it, it and I fell down that hole for a while and then dug my way out. The the idea that a three year old is sitting in timeout reflecting on on what just happened in the block area it it just doesn't happen. Um, and and so I, there there are are a lot better choices than than the whole timeout thing. The other one I wanted to get your take on, Heather, is um, in, in in school the little behavior things where where you're going to be on yellow or you're on green or oh you're having a bad day you're on red. With the, they do the different versions of it with the little the little clothespins and the colors and the charts and what yeah. what what do you think? Not, not not helpful. No, but you're raising topics that are huge enough. We need to just do. Oh yeah, question. we'll put. Yeah, because I just, these will get my dander up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll put them on the list for whole episodes. But I just and and we're we're hitting back to school time, and there are going to be parents walking into into schools, and they're going to see these little charts with the little color coded things, and and as a parent, 
and we'll come back and do a whole episode on this, but as a parent walking into school for the first day and you see this in your, your kindergartners or your third graders' classroom, how as a parent should you respond to these things? Right. Well, you have to recognize as a parent that this is not your classroom. You can do things such as request moving your child to a different classroom, but chances are it'll be there also. Um, you can... Um, most teachers are not going to be that if they've if they've got their stoplight system set up they're not going to be too receptive on the whole to changing it um, so you have to recognize there's only so much you can do when you're putting your kid in a new environment um, but you can also counteract things at home if your kid comes home and says I was a purple today or a red today or whatever the bad color is um, you can go with those emotions and say, gosh, how did that make you feel, and, and, and cope with that part of things. Because um, you, you, unless you're the classroom teacher, you can't necessarily change that system. They go to red, green, and yellow school when they learn to do this, and they think it's a good thing. Um, but you can, you know, if it's, not a, if it's not a good program in general, then you don't have to have your kid in that classroom. But if you think on the whole it's an okay place for the child to be, then um, interact with your child about, oh, you had a bad day, what happened, and deal with the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It depends on what other signals you're getting from the classroom. The, the the correct response might be to hold firmly onto the child's hand and run quickly in the opposite direction. Um, that might be a little bit much. But uh, maybe another episode needs to be needs to be what some of those those signals that this is a bad classroom for my child are. Um, maybe they get your dander up too. Yeah, and, and signs of a good classroom. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, anything else on consequences before we wrap well, this up? No, I think that the consequence of talking about consequences is that perhaps there'd be fewer people using the word consequences. Yeah, maybe. And, and listeners, we appreciate you listening. And, and, and really, the consequence for not tuning in to the next episode is that... Um, We'll, we'll miss you. We hope you tune in and listen. We'll be back in another week with another episode. And I think we're going to be talking about uh, uh, the whole idea that lying is cool because uh, that seems to be what some of the research is saying about this thing. So tune in for that. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. And if you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.